Big drive energy here, brought to you by our presenting sponsor over at Pins and Aces. We're both rocking the pins gear, hoodies, hats, the best golf gear there is around. Make sure you check them out. Use promo code BDE at pinsandaces.com. Save you 15% off. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> the 87th Masters. We are currently sitting here. Um, the leader, John Rahm, is headed to hole number 17. And uh, pretty awesome that Brooks at least took the made the birdie putt on 16 to get to nine uh, other than a semi-monumental collapse from him today. And just what he's, what have you seen from him from, you know, the, the, this is now their 29th and 30th holes of the day. Yeah. He just, uh, he has no control of his ball flight. He's been hitting poles with the driver, which he just hit on 17. Uh, and then, I mean, early, he really couldn't get the putter going. He's had two, three putts today, which, obviously is less than ideal and he just didn't didn't really clutch up when he needed to there for a while i mean he hit iron off the tee on 10 which is just ridiculous to like feel like you can't even hit three wood there on almost a 500 yard uh par four because you're gonna run out of room so rom just split the fairway no surprise there um and I want to be clear. I think both of us agree. We we're not rooting against John Rom. We just wanted a, a close finish. We just want something that's wire to wire, not not wire to wire, but uh, you know, tight coming down the stretch. And it just doesn't look like we're going to get that. So, uh, but like you said, at least Kepka, you know, made that putt. Um, definitely a, f- a big swing today with Rom being three under and and Kepka being two over. Um, just did not really foresee foresee this happening, especially after all the talking Brooks has done about being clutch and, you know, shining bright in the big moments. I really thought he was going to be able to get it done or at least, you know, not unravel. Like I, I figured uh, John Rahm was going to have to beat him, but he just kind of ended up beating himself today. So anytime you're over par of the last round of a major, it's really not not good news. So. Yeah, and like you said, we want to be clear about this. Of course, we're not live golf fans by any means. You know, we're not. Uh, we're just golf fans. Yeah, we're golf fans in general. But this definitely created. This is almost exactly what we asked for when we previewed this on Tuesday, talking about you know a live guy and a PGA Tour guy coming down to the end of it, which is you know exactly what we asked for, and we're kind of getting it other than the fact that it's, you know, a three shot lead with two holes left. Um, something really monumental would have to happen for John Rom to not end up winning this tournament. But I think it's just good to see Brooks put up a fight and Phil Mickelson will get into him a little bit and what he did today. Uh, I think all of the commentary that we, we had previously talked about before the, the start of the masters is now, somewhat put to bed that the live guys can't compete at this because if you look at the leaderboard, of course, right now you've got a PGA tour guy that's leading it, but who's in second and third place, but two guys that play on the live golf tour. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that anybody that said these live guys couldn't compete is just asinine. No to a gay Brandel Shambly, you know, the list goes on and on. Maybe they're just saying it for the effect and trying you know, trying to maybe stir the pot a little bit, but I genuinely think that they believe, you know, as long as their checks keep getting written by the golf channel, which is owned by the PGA tour and NBC, you know, they're, they're going to keep 
riding the backs of the PGA players. So I don't know if I can necessarily blame them, but to say that they weren't going to be able to compete this week is ridiculous. And um, Lou Stagner actually had a great tweet. He goes, I don't care what happens going forward um, or to, you know, at the end of this tournament, but going forward, all the best players need to be in every major. Like, I don't know exactly how they're going to determine that, um, but we can't, golf can't afford to miss out on drama like this with Kepka being there, with Mickelson being there, with Patrick Reed being up there. Um, there's just too many guys that have a chance to come in and, and play really good golf and possibly win to, uh, to eventually, like, you know, push all the live guys out. So um, this is, I mean, it's been a great week. Uh, I don't know if we want to get into the overall week until after the end of it. What do you want to do, Spence? Let's let's start out now, and then we can kind of talk about John Rahm um, and the winner a little bit later. But a guy we just saw, you know, hole a putt on 17, ironically, Victor Hovland. Uh, do you have any concerns with Victor Hovland? Because, yeah, Rahm is, has turned it on a little at the back nine and is now 12 under, but Victor started this day at eight under. If he's, you know, four under at Augusta, which he can easily do, he's right there and, and tied for the lead. But it seemed like he seemed like he doesn't have it on the last day of, of events. Do you think that's just a coincidence or do you think that there's, that's something with Victor? Um, I think he definitely has like some work to do, especially on a short game. Um, that's always been his big struggle. Holy shit. What a rope hook. Do you see that from Brooks? I'm about to see it. Still didn't get far enough left, but it's just so, just awesome down under the trees. Some of the shot making today has been unbelievable from both of these guys. Yeah. Oh, wow. that, yeah. That, that fade iron shot that Rom hit, what was it on 14, 13? No. Yeah. 13, I believe basically kind of sealed up the event. Yeah. Yeah. That was a hell of a shot. I mean, yeah, he made that putt too. I was trying to think. Yeah, that I feel like that was pretty much the turning point when not the turning point, but I think Brooks could have kept it closer. But when Rom made that three and then Brooks three putts for bogey, um, I feel like that was pretty much the deciding factor of this day. Like unless something crazy happens, which I don't foresee. Ooh, is that going to stay up there? OK. Um, yeah, it. I think we're pretty much past the point of rooting for something crazy to happen. Like Rom's going to hit the fairway on 18, hit the green. He's going to make a couple pars. I actually predicted 12 under would win this. Um, so if Rom hangs in there, I, I think, I think that's a pretty good call on my part, not to pat my own back, but I also completely, I will say I didn't completely whiff when you asked on our, masters preview pod you're like who's somebody we haven't talked about and i said obviously john rom but i feel like scheffler and rory we haven't even talked about rory uh what the fuck happened there um but i, I, I think I, just the pressure is too much for him at this event dude i've i've never seen a guy that can play such good golf anywhere but here and it's like ever since he fucking hit one left of left into <laughs> on number 10, like five years ago when he was trying to win this event, mm -hmm. you know, he hasn't had it here and has not been able to perform here. And it's, and it's almost like, you know, when he won the lesser event last year, the RBC Canadian open, when live was becoming a thing, it was like a big, you know, he's the PGA tours mouthpiece. He's their guy. He's the guy that everybody wants to win. I mean, shit going into this week, he was plus seven fifty just unreal odds for both him and Scotty Scheffler, who we both took because you don't want to be the guy that doesn't bet on those two. And then they win a masters, you know, they like John Rahm is almost in that category and we kind of missed out on him, but he's had a relatively quiet couple of weeks leading up to this. I mean, he missed a tournament because he had, you know, uh, <laughs> diarrhea. diarrhea for lack of a better term. <laughs> and he had, you know, he even had diarrhea on the first hole of this event. And we'll yeah. get into that, but I, I think that's one of the most incredible things about this is the fact that you see him at 12 under. And I remember back to Thursday morning when he four putted the first hole and I was, I literally thought to myself, okay, you can count him out. Stupid. A absolutely stupid to even, even say that on my part. That's not the 
first stupid thing I've said and won't be the last, but uh, that that's truly one of the more incredible things going back to Thursday, Friday. I think this has been by far the most just chaotic masters from a scheduling standpoint. Like normally this tournament is very on point. Their timing is good. They're, you know, they're not, we've seen a lot about it and talked a lot about it on the PGA tour this year. They've had some scheduling issues as far as slow play and and people not making it out on time and then cut moves to Saturday. And granted that had to happen here, but let's, let's get into a little about the, you know, the trees and trees falling down and almost killing people. And then they stop the round. And then yesterday they just stop it right in the middle as well and decide that uh, they're just going to finish it all today. And the leaders, you know, Rom and Brooks are going to play 30 holes on the, on the Sunday of a master's. So it's kind of just a, as crazy as I can ever remember a master's being as far as just the scheduling. Yeah, it's definitely been a hectic week all the way around. And I think everybody could kind of see that coming with the forecast Saturday. Um, But then Friday, you know, delaying play Friday afternoon. And I really, you know, if anybody wants to say that the, the wave you get morning afternoon or, you know, late, early, early, late, doesn't matter. Um, I will directly point to this tournament because, and which is actually kind of ironic because John Rahm was early late and somehow is going to win this event. (laughs) Um, but he dealt with the worst conditions. He had to finish, uh, what did he, he finished his second round yesterday morning and then, played some of his third round yesterday, but playing, playing Friday afternoon looked like hell. Um, I mean, when Brooks went out and fired, what did he fire? 65, 67, 65, the first round, and then 67 was sitting at 12 under after the second round. God, that is insane that he's played the last two rounds in, in three over. And then, I mean, well, if you look at uh, Victor Hovland, too, he was sitting at seven under after day one, and he's not even going to finish seven under for the tournament. So a couple of guys that uh, the conditions really got to. And it was actually funny because in an interview, Brooks Kepko was saying, I like when it gets tough. And, you know, it doesn't always translate. He could be a guy that does like the tough conditions, and he doesn't always have to play well in them. But between him and Hovland, they just did not – really stick through the, the challenging part of the week. And Brooks is a pretty emotional dude. You can tell even, even though he tries to hide it, like you can see visibly when he gets frustrated and something that we haven't even touched on yet. Another story, not necessarily a storyline, but another thing worth noting today was the pace of play. I mean, so they're finishing, they have one hole left and they've been on the golf course for four hours and 40 minutes now. Um, so it's been a slow, slow final round, especially with twosomes. Patrick Cantlay, I don't know how he hasn't been put on the clock. And I like the dude. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't hate the guy or anything. I don't have any ill will towards him, but fuck me. How long are you going to take all these guys marking one footers? Just the pace of play thing is, I, I hate to have it be a topic of conversation at a major, but that is, you know, kind of part of the issue here. <laughs> that That's why they're finishing it at sunset on Sunday. You know, the, obviously the weather was a big deal too, but. Yeah. It's like you said, guys marking one foot putts. Uh, Sam Bennett is a rough hang on the golf course. Oh. And he, uh, you know, sh- let's give it, I want to lo- give a little shine to him because incredible, week uh in in general he's gonna finish it looks like um just depending upon where another few guys finish it looks like he is just outside of the top yeah he finished at two two under so t16 um uh two shots out of the top 12 which would have guaranteed him a another masters next year yeah and guaranteed him you know the uh automatic masters invite to the 2024 masters Mm -hmm. Um, but just a great week for him as an amateur and and a guy that you know you he's 23 years old which isn't much younger really than rom and and being the fact that this is like this is now the 
I think the ninth straight major that a guy in his twenties has won. Uh, so the young guys, I think since the PGA championship that Phil won, it's been all guys in their twenties, but, um, Rom just curled another one in there and that's, uh, that's definitely going to seal it. He had a chance to three putt that. And if Kepka could have made par, it would have been a, a two shot lead with one hole left, but Kepka is going to end up making bogey here on 17 and Rom, oh, yeah, he's got a four shot lead. This Rom is- curled it in. So it's over. And, uh, you know, just uh, incredible stuff from John Rom all week. Uh, I'm pretty impressed with the fact that if I make double on the first hole at the masters, I'm probably shooting. I'm in the, Sandy Lyle, 82, 83, enjoying my, you know, it, lots of uh, vodka and tequila or a couple shots of whiskey and tequila is how he said he prepared for his Saturday morning round. Did you see that? He No. Uh, yeah, so he didn't make the cut, but he had to go out and finish a few holes on Saturday morning, and they asked him how he prepared, and he just said, I, I just had – a lot of whiskey and some tequila shots and was up till about 1 a.m. and then got back on the course. But all he, had, he literally just had to like two putt, I think. He was oh, on the yeah. I, I did hear hole. about that because they didn't let patrons come out. Um, they didn't let any, well, yeah, patrons, quote unquote. They wouldn't allow any fans on the grounds that early. So Sandy Lyle got sent off in his last master start by virtually nobody, um, which pissed a lot of people off because what has he been playing this tournament 30 plus years now? So that kind of sucks that he was not able to get a proper send off. Uh, one other thing that pretty glaring at this point is uh, Mickelson shoots a Saturday 77 and speed shoots a Saturday 76. And you can't help but wonder both of those dudes shoot even par uh you know, shoulda, woulda, coulda, but Mickelson, that's got Mickelson at 13 today, and that's got uh, Spieth at 11. So, uh, you know, it's it's tough to – a bunch of shoulda, woulda, couldas, and John Rahm, oh, he is left. Holy shit. Did it kick out? Going to make it semi-interesting at all on the last oh, hole? I think I think it kicked out. God bless it. Once again, I'm not openly rooting against John Rahm. I just want to not see him walk. I just want to see some shots on 18 that are worth a shit. Oh, wow. It did kick out, but I think he's going to have like 300, 350 yards in. Yeah. Um, some insane kicks from Augusta National this week, too. Just guys that have hit it so far right or so far left, and then they end up you know, getting that 90... 90- Trees apparently 90% air, but uh, <laughs> a lot of the guys have been hitting some some solid wood and getting it right back in the fairway. Uh, going back to... Oh, he's hitting a... Why is he in a provisional? I don't know. I saw some of the Weren't patrons... pointing were, that it was back in play? Yeah, but maybe it went all the way across and over into that right area. I don't know. It's so crazy to me that there's a million people out there and and nobody can tell him whether the ball's in play or not. Yeah, the sad part about this whole scenario right now is the fact that this doesn't even matter. He can make six here and still win by two shots. Yeah, I mean, Brooks can make birdie. Okay, win by one shot, but maybe he maybe pump this one into the (laughs) maybe chunk it. That one's a little better, but it looks like it's... Oh, yeah, he cut cut that one up there nicely. Yeah, that would be interesting if he ends up making six. Well, remember last year, Scotty Scheffler like, couldn't make a mistake at all until the 18th hole, but he was already so far ahead that it, it didn't matter at all. Oh, yeah, look, his, he, he's not past the, the red tees, is he? It would be kind of monumental to see John Rahm play the rest of the 18th with his pants down. <laughs> that would be a, oh yeah there it is right in front of the tee box right there some fucking <laughs> never mind is that's so crazy to me that the fact that they couldn't tell him yeah like it, it's right there and he's like, that looks like a high school kid i played with just like i actually played with a kid in high school that they they would get his team would always get there so late that he'd hit the first tee shot like we'd be it'd be a shotgun and He'd be sitting in the middle of the fairway, or he'd pump a drive right down the middle. He'd be like, "I'm gonna hit a provisional," <laughs> just so he could get a warm up. Like, how can how can they uh, not know that that ball is in play? Yeah, with like I said, millions of people around and and the highest level of 
ball spotters and and everything coming down the the final stretch. Mm-hmm. Let's let's go back to um, Thursday and just did you foresee the like you guessed twelve under? Which shout out to you for guessing twelve under. Thank you. Um, but did you foresee the winner being at twelve under after we saw three sixty fives on Thursday? No. Well, the only reason why it would possibly happen was because of the weather. And that is exactly what happened. So, uh, it, you know, Thursdays are just tough to it's all dependent on the weather and other conditions, because at one point I watched Justin Thomas on 18 hit driver three wood or driver five wood, which is usually for these guys, driver eight or nine iron. And there was no, it was, the drive was in the middle of the fairway. He hit it like 235 yards. So just depending on when you were out on the course, you know, the conditions were going to be brutal. So that, that late Friday, all of Saturday, um, really made it tough. And that, that was why I predicted 12 under, because otherwise, you know, I would expect them to generally be lower than, than where they are. But, uh, it's all dependent on the conditions and the field and all that. Ooh, he, do you think he could chili dip this into the bunker? No, dude. I wish they were. I wish they would have how far out he was because it would be it'd be funny to see. He probably had at least like three thirty, three forty in. Yeah, no, he definitely hit a pretty hard, hard long iron there, and um, he it looks like he's got sixty or seventy yards left for his third. So. It's kind of all but over, unfortunately. Um, Patrick Reed, I really did not expect him to come out and finish T4. Uh, I don't think anybody really expected it. I don't think his form has been very good on live for the the last part of a year. Um, Nick Scott just got to work and had to hop on. Thanks for the coverage, boys. Absolutely. Thanks for watching, Nick. Um, I, I really, I really think that now every major is obviously like we talked about a little earlier. Definitely has to have the best players in it. Definitely has to have all of these guys in it, and will for the next couple of years. You know, r- regarding the guys that have played in them, and they're going to have to win them in order to keep playing forever, of course. But now Brooks will be at you know the next masters and all this stuff. And these, a lot of these guys do have some exemptions for at least a few years. And I would imagine three or four years, they'll have it all figured out to where if live golf is still a thing in three to four years, it's, you know, these guys, I think the game of golf realizes that these guys are important to making these majors fun. Um, But you can, we can definitely put to bed all the nonsense that they weren't ready or that they aren't ready to win any of these majors anymore because they don't play enough golf. Now, the other side of that coin, you can say, well, look what Brooks Kepka did. Didn't make a birdie for, you know, 20 plus holes today and, and kind of just faltered down the stretch. He, you know, I think, I don't know if it was Dottie Pepper for sure, but one of the commentators a few minutes ago was saying, you know, he never hit any really bad shots, but he just wasn't good enough. And Rom was just solid and didn't make any mistakes, which is the key. You know, we've seen, big masters comebacks before, but that's, you know, guys chili dipping the ball into the water and and just making a mess of certain holes that you, you know, you definitely can do here at Augusta national, but uh, we can definitely put to bed the fact that even though live guys are only playing 54 holes and not quote unquote, not hard courses or not competitive golf they're you know, look at, if you look at the leaderboard right now, it's, you know, PGA tour, PGA tour, or PGA tour, live, live, PGA tour live, you know, so three of the top six guys in, in the, on the leaderboard are, are playing non-competitive 54 hole shotgun golf. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't know if, if this is really going to move the needle because we all know how big the masters is anyway, but I would like to think, Oh my God, if he, what a golf shot, there's absolutely no reason for him to hit that the way he did, he should have carried that about 10 yards past the flag, but he decides to just stuff it in there to three feet. Um, I think if, (laughs) if this showed the world of golf, anything, 
it should be that this needs to open the doors for like a live PJ tour crossover, you know, somehow if they can come to a, a middle ground on this, because I guarantee you, even though it is the masters and it does crazy TV numbers year in, year out, I, I know for a fact that there is a different level of people, different level of intensity and a different level of anticipation for this week um, than in prior majors due to the, you know, the live versus PGA quote unquote, um, not rivalry, but you know, matchup. Um, so I, I think that going forward, there needs to be more of this in the game of golf. And it is unfortunate that it's even a possibility that these guys at some point may not be able to play in the majors. Cause that just should not be the case. And that, that is kind of what the basis of golf has been built on. Like, if you're good enough to qualify and you're a, the best player in the world, you can play in anything you want. So going forward, we need to see a lot more of this. And, oh, is that John Rom's son? He's got some – no, I'm daughter. I'm daughter, correct? I don't know. I don't know if he has uh... – Keppa? I think it's a daughter. Oh, Yeah. Oh, look at her. She's so excited. Her dad's winning $3.2 million. Is it only 3.2 this week? Yeah, 3. Point, it's the the total purse is up to $18 million. Okay. So up $3 million from last year. Shitty paycheck, man. They're like, I wish I would have won the players. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think 3.2 is pretty darn good and a, a green jacket for John Rahm. Um Hey, let's get back into let's hop back to like Thursday, Friday, and touch touch on the whole Gary Woodland Brooks Kepka club scenario. Oh yeah, so let's get your thoughts on that. Um, it sounded like everybody thought that Kepka's caddy was. Oh, is he going to do it? Oh, that is fitting. He just lipped out his birdie putt on eighteen. Um, Kepka, that is. Uh. So he's going to – why are you marking that? Okay. Good God. Back to the back to the pace of play and, and marking. So they teed off at 12.33, so they're just under five hours. Um, Twosome in five hours, you know. That's blazing. That's, that's getting it around. <laughs> that's moving. Uh, let's, but, just, let's just – I just want to say real quick, it's very sad that – a guy with the caddy bib 69 is not winning the Masters. That's a pretty unfortunate scenario for uh, America, if yeah. you ask me. I, it's also pretty unfortunate that John Rahm decided to wear these shoes with any outfit just all four days. Um, hopefully, Travis Matthews paying him handily because those shoes are terrible. I'm sorry, but are they fours? No, they're they're uh, cutter. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, and they're just they're just a rough look. Like this has got to be the worst winning Masters outfit I've seen in a while. Well, the overall outfit's not bad. I think it's just the fact that he's got a red shirt on. That's what I'm saying. The shoes and... have ruined every single outfit he's worn this week. Yeah, um, <laughs> he's he's got to be getting the bag from, from yeah Cutter. I, I hope to God because that's that's rough. Okay, John Rahm's officially won the Masters. Congratulations. Um, real quick, you're asking about the, the Brooks, uh, Gary Woodland thing. Um, I think it's a stupid rule to begin with that. Why would Brooks's caddy be trying to help Woodland? And also I get that you're protecting the field, but what, in what world would Brooks want to help, uh, Gary, you know, why would he do that in the first place? So Oh, doesn't Rom have a, a really small son too? Then I spaced it that he's got a daughter and a son. Um, but either way, those blonde locks are pretty impressive for such a young age. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, there he is. But yeah, just talking about I, like whether or not he actually helped him or told him what club it is. I think all all of like the old golf sticklers and people with their you know their 
pants too tight were making too big of a deal out of it. Like it doesn't need to be a story during master's week of, of stuff like this. And then uh, somebody came out and was like, Oh yeah, they're getting away. They're just like the, the fact that they're just dropping. This is absolutely insane. They wanted to change Brooks Kepka's 65 to a 67. And I'm like, what are we doing here? What? Yeah. What what's, even, what's even going on here? Um, another thing I would say that, I would honestly say that Colin Morikawa's little ball mark faux pas is a bigger deal than what Brooks's caddy did with Gary Woodland. Um, and I'm not saying I originally thought that Colin cheated. I don't think he cheated now, but I think in that case, you have to call at least a playing partner over to tell him what has transpired, at least so somebody has your back on that. Cause it's just terribly taken out of context and looks really bad when they cut to you on the camera and your ball is four or five inches in front of your ball marker. And you're just playing around with your ball in front of the, the fucking clearly not on your marker. And then all of a sudden he like looks around and like pushes the marker forward under the ball. Like that look, that looks really bad. I don't care. You know, the, the openness of the rules or whatever, I would at least call a playing partner over. It's not like these fucking guys aren't taking five hours to play anyway. What's another 20 seconds to call a, a playing partner over and be like, Hey, this is what happened. You know, like the ball moved. Um, I didn't, you know, I pulled the marker back to replace the ball and then I'm going to move the marker back. Like at least so somebody can corroborate your story instead of everybody on social media, including myself. That was like, what is happening? Like, why, why is he doing this? And, and nobody's saying anything. So I thought that was a little bit more egregious than the uh, Gary Woodland play. Okay. Now <coughs> we're, his daughter was there and now she, the, the wife has the son, but not the daughter. <laughs> we're, uh, we're getting a lot into John Rom's kids. But, I'm getting uh, spin zoned if, here though. If you I, weren't I, paying I, attention, he gave his son off to like his, his, his dad. No, his daughter, his daughter, excuse me. I was going to say now this is just a tragedy. <laughs> this is I'm, I'm royally butchering this whole daughter son situation here. Um, oh, I let's just sit here and I, I honestly cannot believe we're witnessing this due to the fact that, Thursday morning, this guy looked like an absolute idiot on the first hole and yeah. four putted it for double bogey. Ends up shooting 65 and going technically well, not wire to wire, but leading Plays in the first lot. leading in the first round and winning. Uh that doesn't happen a lot in you know, I don't know what that's called. It's like maybe the top of the wire and back to the top of the wire. Okay. Um because he definitely wasn't leading for most of the event. Um, but being the first round leader and then actually going on to win was is something that's just I I'm honestly in shock by it. The fact that he I thought you could count him out after the first hole. Yeah, no, I I do agree with you, and that's that just goes to show you how bird brain idiots we are. Because obviously they they got to play seventy two of them, so one hole. But it it just does go to show you too. Mentally speaking, I don't think there's that many players in this field that could four putt number one and then come back and win. Like the mental fortitude you got to have to just brush it off and not really put too much stock in it and go on to then shoot 14 under the last 71 holes <laughs> is pretty fucking impressive stuff. So uh, kudos to John Rom. Very impressed. Uh, very happy for him. And it, it kind of goes back and forth now with Scheffler and Rom, And then is, you know, Scheffler going to be the U S open guy. And actually I have a, a question for you. If we had to predict uh, a too early prediction of next year's masters champions dinner for John Rom, what do you think? What do you think he's got on the menu? Well, so he's from, he's Spanish. They, I think they only mentioned that like 54 times on the broadcast today. Um, ooh, early 2024 John Rom menu, maybe, you know, some Spanish rice. That's about all I, you know, what's a good, <laughs> like, I feel like, I think that's like the most American Spanish food you could possibly get. That's fair. That'd be like Hideki Matsuyama serving orange chicken. And 
lo mein from Panda Express. <laughs> is that super American? Is that <laughs> like not a thing? What? Spanish rice or orange chicken? Bo- uh, orange chicken. <laughs> it's very American Chinese food. Yeah, And I'm, right. I'm not... I know Hideki's Japanese, not Chinese, but I'm just saying that that's... <laughs> I don't think Spanish. I honestly don't know what any Spanish food dishes are. Maybe like some uh, fish. I could see like some some fish being the 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 appetizer. I could see him wanting to get down on a big old steak. John Rom strikes me as a, a, a maybe like a fucking tomahawk for everybody. Maybe they got to bring in a bigger table for John Rahm's champions dinner because he's just he's got everybody's got the the 32 ounce porterhouse on their plate. <laughs> like, well, some of the most common Spanish dishes, gazpacho, paella, paella, oh paella. my god, <laughs> paella, is that what you paella, pa- paella, <laughs> patatas bravas, patatas. So maybe it's, you know, he'll have some spicier food. What did you say, the gazpacho? I think that's like a, that's a, that's fish. Or no, that's a soup. (laughs) Is that a fish soup? This is turning into an an absolute joke. This is, (laughs) will you look up what gazpacho is? Um, Chorizo. Maybe there'll be some. Uh, a staple of Spanish cuisine, gazpacho is incredibly popular during the summer. It's cold, vibrant taste is so refreshing in the baking Spanish heat. I think it's like a... So it's like a soup almost, but it's cold. What What are the contents? I feel like it's similar to ceviche. Chilled tomatoes. Yeah, so maybe it is. I'm, I can always get down on some ceviche, so maybe I need to try some gazpacho. <laughs> Um, going back, <laughs> I want to hear you say paella again. No, I'm good on that. Uh, let's talk about a little bit more about Phil Mickelson and Jordan Spieth today. You touched on it, you know, the fact that they basically shit the bed yesterday and were so impressive today in the fourth round. Do you think, like, I feel like they were by far the best rounds on the golf course. And I feel like players feed off of that with each other, like going down the stretch at that point, they were kind of at that in, into like, kind of in the the mix to actually win it. You know, Phil ended up hosting uh, the eight under and being the leader in the clubhouse for quite a while until the last guys got in. But do, do you think that when, you know, players are going, even after they had a rough day yesterday, Phil and Jordan just kind of fed off each other. And, and you know, like when you're playing golf and when I'm playing golf, like you see somebody just absolutely golfing their ball. You're like, all right, I got to turn it up here a notch. And not that they're not trying to turn it up a notch at the Masters, but it can be, I would imagine, kind of hard. You know, I haven't played in the Masters, or believe it or not, but <laughs> I got to imagine, like, when you can't win, I know, you know, they win money every tournament, and a lot of these guys, you know, especially like Jordan and Phil, they've already won this event, so their lifetime, they're going to play in this for their lifetime as long as they want, but I got to imagine there's a little bit of lost motivation there towards the end, unless you're like, you know, both you guys are feeding off each other and just playing really good golf. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think them having each other playing in the same group, I don't think either of them would have gone. It's like a chicken and an egg thing. Like, did Jordan play well because Phil was playing well or, you know, vice versa? But I definitely think once you get on that roll and you see the ball going in the hole um, for each other, and I don't I don't know if Phil and Jordan are boys. I know they've got some Ryder Cup history, and uh, they've played together multiple times at this point with how long Jordan's been out there, but. Um, I don't know if they're necessarily boys or not. Just just watching, no matter who you're playing with, watching the other guy, like you said, play his ass off can kind of go one of two directions for you because you feel like he's either burying you if you're if he's playing really well and you're playing like shit, or if you're both playing well, then it like elevates your game. So I definitely agree. And I think there is an element also, Rory's been famous for it for many, 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 many majors, uh, not even masters, just all the majors is being out of it on Sunday and then playing unbelievable to backdoor a top 10 or a top five. So, uh, I think there's an element of that too, where they have, there's no nerves. Like look at the, the final round, look at the scores in the, the final group versus, you know, the non-final group, 
Brooks shoots a few over and Rom shoots three under when Phil and Jordan shoot 65 and 66, like there was a lower number out there than what John Rom shot. And he didn't, he didn't end up having to go any lower than that. Um, but there's definitely uh, something to being in the last group and the, the crowds and the hype around you. So um, I think there's definitely that element too, where these, both of these guys are like, you know, I'm, I'm out of it. So I'm, uh, I'm just going to go play my ass off. And that's what they both did. So that was fun to watch. I really wish it would have been a little bit more competitive than it was. Uh, but, you know, beggars can't be choosers, still a, a good finish. And, um, yeah. You know, how about, how about Sahith Thagala today with the, uh, the five under 67 had a almost exactly replicated hole on 16 as Tiger Woods chipping it in and, he made a lot of bogeys today. Also made a lot, uh, relatively speaking, a lot of bogeys. But um, shooting sixty-seven, basically his first, you know, his his debut at the Masters. He's even par for three rounds. Goes out and shoots sixty-seven. Ends up top tening it. Um, and so now, you know, we've we've kind of seen his. He he's had a quote unquote meteoric rise, if you will, from a from a standpoint of he hasn't won yet, but he's been you know, up there in, he, he almost won the waste management in 2022. And then kind of from there has just become, you know, he's a top five and top 10 machine. And now being, you know, top 10 in the masters, he's going to be in it again next year. And I don't think there's going to be any issue with him getting into the majors just off world ranking points and how good he's playing on the PGA tour. Uh, but just impressive stuff from him. And the fact that, you know, like you can kind of, batted around basically for lack of a better term at even par for three days and then end up in the top 10. That's what's kind of fun about these majors and especially in your debut. Like he's got to feel good about that. I hate to cut you off, but I want to hear this Brooks interview. Saying he didn't get any good breaks. Oh, so he sounds Um, a little salty. Nine. He said would have been a tap in. That's a stretch. Um, He's not wrong though. That it could, it would have gotten, close but not a tap in and then he proceeded to puke on it and hit it eight feet by and then three jackets so yeah so we got some uh we got some comments on our tweet um talking about uh, of course our boy chill deuce he said rom's so locked it's jover like he knew we all kind of knew it there's different guys that you just know when they get to that point they're not letting it go um if that's a you know pick a pick your random run-of-the-mill tour guy that had the lead or got the lead from Brooks Kepka, you're probably like, Oh, well, there's a chance he hits it in the water on 16 or, you know, hits it in the water short on 15 and ends up, you know, losing the lead. But a guy like John Rahm is usually not that guy. And especially when he's rolling like he is. And, and then uh, we had a comment from Nolan at NMR one, three, one, two on Twitter. He said, can our boy from Texas A&M still not win money even <clears throat> with the NIL stuff going on? That is correct. So, he nil you know name image and likeness you're you can get paid for your what you're doing um for a company in terms of advertisement and stuff like that but uh when it comes to like golf once you declare yourself a professional you are allowed to you know make money on tournaments like this but when you are not a professional um it is just you you're out there for the experience essentially, which is kind of crazy. Cause you know, him getting usually the low am is like three over and, and barely making a, you know, paycheck at all in, in an event like this. But, um, he, he finishing 16th, you know, he would have gotten a pretty big paycheck check. So it's kind of unfortunate for him, but also he's got a 36 hole tournament, a Texas A&M tournament tomorrow. And he's got an eight thirty tea time. Um, so pretty, insane for like can you imagine just being like a mid-level sec golfer and you roll up to the event tomorrow and you're playing with a dude that just you know played with rolled out played in the final group on saturday's the wrong term it ended up being sunday morning um but played with brooks kepka and john rom and now you're going back and playing with college kids i i don't know i feel like what's the vibe there how do you feel about that yeah that's got to be pretty intimidating shit honestly like this kid's probably hung over um, probably had a Sunday fun day watching the Masters, and you know the other guys know they're playing with him, so you, you know you're watching him. Like I'm going to see him tomorrow morning. Um, so that's got to be crazy. But uh, in terms of the NIL, I read an article that I mean, 
the advertisers on his shirt alone, you know, the the TV time that he got and the social media buzz that he got and everything with with finishing where he did is well worth into like the seven figures, like at least mid mid seven figs. So he's uh, he's not going to be hurting for any money, especially I know Texas A&M has one of the biggest booster associations, you know, fund of any uh, NIL fund of any school in America with all that oil money. So I think he, he's not going to be able to collect a paycheck from the tournament, obviously, but I, I also, I'm almost positive that he had to stay an amateur in order to get this exemption because he won the USAM. He was able to play in this. So I wouldn't be surprised if he turned pro right after college golf ended, you know, just kind of move right into it. And, uh, he played his ass off, but to put it in perspective a little, like, oh, they're they're talking to him right now. But to put it in perspective, he's 23, and Tom Kim is already – I tweeted this and it got zero love, so thank you to everybody. Um, but he – Tom Kim's already won twice on tour, and he's 20 years old. So it's like, you know, moving the goalpost because this guy's an amateur versus a pro, which is, you know, fair. But at the same time, uh, I just don't – I, it's very impressive. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like crazy to to imagine a twenty three year old out here competing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and I think, like you said, it it is. You take the A away from his name, and you know he could have just turned pro as a college golfer in the last year, and not you know just been like I'm done with college. I want to I want to turn pro, and all of a sudden he's there he's not really a story it's just like another dude you know exactly um, but it is cool like it, that's a cool notch in your cap to have i'm not a big fan of this dude's hair at all um it's the hair, very the like, hair in the goatee you're still is, in college yeah he's uh um de- definitely got a a look about him but and yeah then, like, yeah and then like the chin the the goatee looking deal Don't, yeah it's just uh, it's just a funny you know sequence of events for him to be sitting there with Rom, Scotty Scheffler. You're talking to Jim Nance. He's like basically fucking just sitting there complimenting you on how great you are. And now you got to go play college golf again. Like, I, I don't know how I would feel about that. You know, I think the main story of this situation is John Rom looks like me at Thanksgiving dinner after I've like unbuttoned my pants. He, <laughs> he looks like he's, somebody give a man a table to sit behind he just does not look like he he isn't that thick but he's thick enough to where it's like it's not a not a great time just sitting in a chair with your hands on your lap like (laughs) no john's about to throw his arm around scotty to get a little extension there get the that's the old big guy move because i i know it firsthand i'd be like and and I'd the be arms out around both those guys and the little pull at the, you know, the pull at the, t- at the chest allows the shirt to kind of flow out over, you know, yeah. he yeah. didn't untuck yet, but I was going to say, I'm, I, he probably asked somebody if he could untuck his shirt and they probably said, no, probably said, keep that on. Yeah. He's just sitting there. Hands, hands on his waist. Dude, I do like John Rom though. Him and Sam Bennett kind of have almost the same haircut. I feel like no, you know, yeah, you not not like the front part, but like the whole sides and the back is like super trim. But then they got the front like hanging down a little bit, you know. Yeah, that's, I don't like think that's now intentional people, on Rom's part. People could no, dude. He took his hat off and like brushed his hair down. That's see, that's weird to me. I don't know. That's that's uh, teenage behavior. But <laughs> and yeah, and Sam Bennett's like. I guess the, the reason it's teenage behavior for me is because I don't have enough hair to brush it down. I have to like quaff it all together to make it look like something to make so it look- i can't in no in no way am i ever going to spread my hair further out like <laughs> it, it needs to come closer to to the top of my head all closer together never spreading it further out exactly you spread that shit too thin i might as well just shave it off now so is this the biggest green jacket that's been handed out in a while Oh, for sure. Just from a size standpoint, maybe since like Angel Cabrera. Yeah, yeah, I, w- I would say so. I think that was 07. He Angel won his last Masters. I could be completely wrong, so don't quote me on that. There's um, been some super small ones like Charles Schwar- Schwarzschild's not a big guy. Sergio's not Danny a big Willett. guy. Danny Willett. Danny Willett, small guy. 
you could probably fit that on your dog. <laughs> Danny Willett's tiny. He probably weighs like 160 pounds. So, uh, yeah, I honestly, I don't have any. I probably have more reasons to like John Rum. Um, he's born with a club foot, which I actually was born with a club foot, too. Uh, you guys club, are like basically the same. Yeah. Club foot brothers. Uh, and he's also one one for the thick boys. So I should be um, appreciative of all of this because he really is the only elite golfer anymore that doesn't look like an athlete, you know? Right. Yeah. When you look at him, you're just kind of like, all right, he's, you know, he's a, you know, a good looking Spanish dude, but he definitely is bigger. He's, he's he's got that. I've got the, I've got some money type belly. Like I'm not turning down that last glass of wine. You know what I mean? He's, he's that kind of dude, which I'd like to think that I have, but mine's more like if, (laughs) If my uh, if my wealth was described by my physique, I would be a fucking billionaire. Let's put it that way. <laughs> the the body doesn't match the the wallet. <laughs> no, not not quite. I I'd like to to move in that direction, but Rom Rom is just like a. I was gonna say jovial because he's thick, but I don't think you can call him jovial. I think he's still got like that Spanish. He almost gives me like a little Tony Soprano vibes. I don't think you've watched the Sopranos. Um, just like a big dude, but kind of carries a big stick and um, definitely isn't afraid to speak his mind. And oh, here, here's the transaction. Chef, no, there's Chef, been some, there's Chef been some hot, terrible. There's been some hot mic moments with Rombo. Um, there was even one, I think this week. There was an, a JFC in there, I believe, is, <laughs> is what you well, got. I know we're not alone in throwing that out there on the golf course. Yeah, um, once you once you step off the first tee, anything that's said can't, like, it's like what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, and what happens on the course stays on the golf course. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no awkward uh, exchange. I know we've had that in the past. Scheffler just threw it on, got out of there, smart, smart guy. Pablo Arathabal was there to greet him. Um, he's giving the fans high fives. That's cool shit. Uh, I I guess I got to lean into liking Rom a little bit more. Yeah, well, I think the one thing that I'm taking away from this, and we got a comment uh, We got a comment on the Twitter from Ben Digman, said, Brooks falling apart, love to see it. I, I, will, I will never be on the hate the live golfers train for what they did. And I am just not, it, it's too good for the game of golf. It's made the PGA tour better. Those guys are doing what they're doing. And, and is it, is it exactly, you know, correct? They're just playing golf. And, and so I, I've kind of been like, not annoyed, but like a little bit like shocked by all the people that wanted the live guys to not play well. And, you know, they ended up sick, 12 of the 18 dudes made the cut. Uh, two withdrew, of course, Kevin Na. Oh, let's talk about that. Kevin Na withdrawing after nine holes. Slow ass. He was in a twosome. I joked on Wednesday that they were going to be holding up the groups behind them. And Mike Weir ends up playing by himself on the back nine and Thursday at Augusta. Mm-hmm. Plays in like an hour 30. Just absolute electric factory. You just by yourself. You and your caddy. Oh, yeah. At Augusta, Thursday morning tea time. Like I tweeted it, but that's got to be every grown man's dream to play the back nine at Augusta National by yourself. And what a a lucky unload for Kevin Na to, uh, or I'm sorry, a lucky unload for Mike Weir to to drop Kevin Na um, at the turn and just be like, see you, dude, have fun. Um, But yeah, Na is, he's, he's a different kind of cat. So I'm, I can't say I'm like a huge fan of Na, but yeah, he he did not have it going. Was he hurt? He was hurt. He was yeah. Three, Are you hurt or injured, over. buddy? It was kind of one of those. He was also three over par, so that adds up. Fire front nine thirty nine. He's like, "What's the quickest jet out of here?" <laughs> He's like, "Oh, my back. Oh, my back. Not feeling um, great." Who who is your biggest disappointment? I think Rory goes without question. Uh, is is going to be everybody's biggest disappointment, but. One other guy that you thought uh, would contend that just didn't. Um, I would have to say, looking up this leaderboard, you know, obviously, you know, our 
Scotty Scheffler didn't have a great week and, and I've just like expected perfection out of this guy all the time. And, and we didn't get it. Um, and he's, I bet on he's him, like put such a high bar out there for himself that finishing where he finished today, I was like, what the fuck, man? Like you don't have any more than two under in you on a Sunday. He's still top 10, you know, it's going down in the books as a top 10 in a major, but uh, I, I agree. Um, I think Max Homa at six over was a little disappointing. He, I really did think that he would be able to put together something somewhat formidable. I know this isn't his kind of course, uh, strictly, and it's a little old school, but I still do believe that being able to work the ball right to left at this golf course means something. It doesn't mean as much because you can still fade it and win. You know, obviously, Rom is a strict fader of the ball, one, uh, not a strict fader of the ball, he can work it both ways, but there is something I think that. Um, you know, it, it matters in being able to get around this course and really score on the par fives. So that was, I, I think you got to throw Justin Thomas in there with a miscut. I think he kind of just got caught in the midst of the dog shit Friday afternoon, having to go back out there and play. Um, and he actually did tiger a big favor tiger withdrew, uh, on Sunday, but it was still, he ties the record for, consecutive made cuts at the masters, which is crazy. He didn't have it already um, with 23, but uh, Thomas really struggled there down the stretch Friday afternoon. And, you know, I, I can't really say that it was all conditions, but they definitely played a factor in him missing the cut. So, yeah, I think my biggest disappointment, of course, I did bet on him. So that makes it worse for me, but Dustin Johnson uh, finishing at eight over just kind of, was a non-factor from early on, um, which was unfortunate to see because he's been the lowest live player in both majors uh, up until this point. So now that, of course, goes to the, to Brooks Kepka. And I thought one of the interesting things that they said about uh, somebody tweeted on Thursday or Friday after Kepka had played a few good rounds is like maybe they have – they've like the guys that are the big game hunters have – gamed the system to where they're playing a lot less golf, but they can still go compete in these majors and feel good about it. So, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I also think you got to throw Sam Burns. He finished T 29. So not terrible, but uh, for where he wants to be like in the conversation with Scotty and John Rahm, you know, he's won what six times on the PGA tour. So you'd think he's elite and he just, he finished one over T29, so not a terrible finish for him. But there's a few guys that you would just like to see make that that leap and really have a, a really good finish. Um, Cameron Young, we can get into our bets a little bit. The only bet we hit was Cam Young. Well, and Scheffler in, what is that What is that called? Um, where, he, where he's T10. Oh, yeah, it's a dead heat rule. So we, we're going to lose some units on that. Um, Cam Young... <laughs> Cam Young, another good week. Uh, Justin Rose finishing just outside the top 10 as well, a couple off. So, yeah, not a great week for the boys. And when you look at the leaderboard, you know, like there was some obvious picks out there. We just whiffed on them, you know. But I had a winner last week with Corey Connors, so it's like you can't. Can't win them all. I'm no Nostradamus, you know. I I can't predict the weather, Jackie. I I will say, though, I am a little upset because I – I was picking a live player no matter what I, I, you know, I picked a guy that I thought could win it in, uh, in a PGA tour guy in Scotty Scheffler, which he's proven me time and time again, that he can just win everything that I don't think he has the, the power to do. But then I was like, all right, I'm taking a live guy. And it came down to Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka, And I must've chosen heads and it was tails. Cause I just missed out on that one, but it, it would have been even more grueling to watch today. If I had the Kepka ticket, Uh, It would have made today a lot less fun and I'd be a lot more annoyed by it. Um, We do want to give a shout out real quick. So to our, our run your pool, uh, our girl, Amanda Myers taking home the dub 21 under she wins by a cool eight or nine strokes. She had Jordan Spieth seven under Brooks Kepka eight under Hideki Matsuyama two under Adam Scott, five over Keegan Bradley, one under and Phil Mickelson eight under. So an absolutely stacked leaderboard for Amanda. She's winning a brand new pins and aces golf bag. Our presenting sponsor, uh, any bag of her choice 
uh, she'll be able to win. And then second place, we got ZK Bach. Uh, he had Scheffler, Cam Young, Hideki, Sahith, Taylor Gooch, who shoved it up his Gooch plus four, and then Harold Varner plus one. Um, so shout out to him. He's getting a, a liquor stick from us. And then Tanner DeBoer, uh, minus five. In third place, Cam Smith, Sanjay M, Hideki, Sahith, Keegan, and Mackenzie Hughes. So uh, shout out to the three winners of our, our master's pool. We're going to have a pool for every single major that we do. Um, so we'll have another one. But congrats to Amanda Myers. That's awesome. Um, I've been talking to her at the bar. She's you know starting to get into golf. I think she's playing in the, in the Scramble de Mayo here in a couple weeks. So um, awesome for her to win that. Let's go check where... Your boys out on the leaderboard, a swift plus 15 and 33rd place. Scotty Scheffler, Cam Young, uh, Justin Rose, Adam Scott, Keegan Bradley, but Bubba Watson uh, at plus 23 and cut really just boned me. Otherwise, I would have been right there. Bub- Bubba, I thought, you know, in that, that sixth, he was in that sixth tier, and I thought, you know, a couple – a uh, couple time masters winner. Why not throw a little dart out there on Bubba? And he absolutely handed it to me. Yeah. I think Bubba's one of those guys where he's just kind of cooked. Um, I finished in 85th place. Uh, not good. Um, I had Cam Smith who finished plus four, which he had a rough weekend, 75, 75. Uh, Cam, I had Cam Young. Tyrrell Hatton ended up plus four. With a Sunday 76, not great. Louis Oosthuizen, um, he got cut, so they gave him a plus 29 somehow. I think they give it's they give the last round as a 78 and an 80. Okay, you get, okay. If you get cut. Yeah, so he finished plus 29. And then I had Keegan Bradley, minus one, not bad. And then JT Poston, plus four. So a total of 34 over par. Honestly, without... Uh, Without Lou Eustace and like, you really just got to pick dudes that aren't going to miss the cut. <laughs> so yeah, that's the that, real, is, that is noted going forward. Like, I'm not going to give names here, but like last place uh, is a plus 107. But you give me this team on Thursday, uh, and it's kind of unfair to him because him or her, it looks like a dude's name, um, because Will Zalatoris and Kevin Na both withdrew but Rory McIlroy, Will Zalatoris, Hideki Matsuyama, Bryson DeChambeau, Taylor Gooch and Kevin Na and that's the worst you could have put together yeah like it's so crazy Rory like in his head about this event I'm just kind of blown away by that in general you know no I totally agree and I think it's going to take something uh I I think at this point it it feels kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy for him where he's starting to press to really try to get the masters. Um, and he's just been playing so well leading up to this. Like maybe he, he needs to play like shit going into it in order to have a chance. It, it's tough to say, but he's uh, been very disappointing. Also, we're not a huge fan of his, but DeChambeau played terrible too. Um, he has not been in good form. He's been at the bottom of live leaderboard. So, um, uh, he's just not in good shape right now, and I I don't really foresee that changing. You know, golf is golf, and anything could happen, but I don't really see him competing anytime soon. Yeah, well, you could definitely tell they they uh, sided with the PGA Tour players on the TV coverage. Obviously, they had to start covering guys like Brooks and and Phil today and Patrick Reed today, but I didn't see you know Cam Smith. I I saw him hit like two shots. Um, yeah, I didn't, you know, I didn't see Bryson DeChambeau hit a single shot, which I'm not mad about. Um, <laughs> but you, but you can definitely tell that they, the TV groups were like, oh, okay, you know, and, and they had the mass, the, the ESPN plus coverage, uh, early in the day, Friday, Thursday, Friday had featured groups and different stuff like that. But like even the main broadcast, if you will, I never saw most of those guys shots. And like I said, not. Not sad I didn't see any abrasions. Not sad I didn't see many of Patrick Reed's until today. But we were rooting for chaos, and we we kind of got it. We you know up until the last basically the back nine of today, or even going into into hole number nine today at the end in the final round, it was a lot of chaos and a lot of uh, a lot of haters were put to bed for the live guys of like yeah we can still compete we're still good 
we can do it. Yep. Yep. I totally agree. It was a, a very telling week for just what, uh, kind of juice these majors are going to have, which I think is badass. Like this is the best possible thing for golf to get this kind of competition. You know, I would have loved to play off. Would have loved it a little closer coming down the stretch. Uh, that's kind of, that was our initial goal with these live shows is to get our instant reaction on, you know, shots that matter. And we've gotten maybe one major in all of these live streams that we've done this. So, uh, I still really enjoy doing these and I think it's fun. Um, you got anything else, Spence? No, that's it. Uh, this is, uh, we'll be back live. Um, we'll be actually covering a live event here in May. Um, but the next, uh, PGA tour major is going to be the PGA championship, May 18th through 21st at Oak Hill in New York. Um, so we'll be back for a live show at that. Follow us on Twitter. Our usernames are down there below at Big Drive Spence and at Big Drive Mitch at Big Drive Energy for the main account. We appreciate you guys all tuning in. Shout out Pins and Aces um, for the gear and and the spot and being our presenting sponsor for all of our all of our stuff. Mitchell's got a, a fun video to go shoot with them tomorrow. They're releasing a new line that is fucking awesome. I don't know if we're allowed to talk about it for sure, so I'm not going to say what it is. Um, but it's going to be awesome as is everything they release, you know, their Augusta line, uh, for this week, pretty much sold out. They had like a few things left. So, uh, shout out to pins and aces. We will guys, we will talk to you guys live again at the PGA championship in May. Peace. <laughs>